Welcome to track number one of Do the Work of an Evangelist. Well, it's good to see you at the camp again. How many were not at the camp last year? You were not here last year. Can you stand up, please? Okay. All right. Okay, and then please sit down. And how many were at the camp last year? I mean, my camp, when I came. Okay. The rest are, are scared to come back. <laughs> all right, you may be seated. It is good to see all of you. Um, I think you know my name. Turn to Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So my, my, my subject or my theme is do the work of an evangelist. Alright I believe that the, um, the way forward for us As a church in, um, in America Is For us to do the work of an evangelist Amen. Amen Are you with me? And I believe that as we do the work of an evangelist We are going to be blessed Amen now by evangelism I am sort of zeroing in on Winning souls For the Lord George Huh? I'm zeroing in on winning souls I mean Because I believe that evangelism Truly um, Is really all about Winning souls And following them up And establishing them in the Lord which, is, which means building a church Are you there? However I believe that um, Winning souls Directly Going out of our way To Make people Who don't know Christ Come to know Christ As a direct Activity you know, and that them coming to know the Lord as a direct result of our intentional speaking to them and praying for them. Are you there? Are you with me? Is what I'm talking about. You see, because what happens is that the church sort of uh, the church sort of gets to a point where it sort of grows by osmosis do you see osmosis is what or diffusion osmosis is where you move from a no from a low concentration from a from a low concentration to a higher through a semi permeable membrane which is which are the ashes and the welcome team and the, and the church members <laughs> that's diffusion yes so osmosis is where you move from a low con- no a, a low concentration to a high concentration yeah <laughs> diffusion is from high to low and osmosis is from low to high and diffusion, there's no membrane. Osmosis, there's a semi permeable membrane, which is the church people and the pastors. 
<laughs> we are really a semi-permeable membrane because it's not easy to join a church do you know that it's very difficult to join a church it takes time to join a church when you come if you like try good to say you are going to join another church it's very difficult that's why the devil has to make you angry before you can join another church because when you go in annoyance that irritation motivates you to stay there it's like i will be here even though even though it's not nice i'll be here yes and you use that force to stay in the church do you see so most of the time uh it's difficult to just join because when you come you know i'm sure most of you here are friends here you know yeah you have friends i mean apart from them serving god it's our social interaction we don't have any place that we go and every human being needs some social interaction apart from your nuclear family those of you who think that because you are married you, do, you don't have to have any other friends you have imprisoned your spouse and your family your home will never be happy because uh, your social life and inter- interacting with so many other people is a major part of your of your existence you need to have other friends so that you can talk about anything are you there yeah now this is why people go to drinking spots <laughs> in Ghana we have drinking spots and then in England they have pubs they go and they sit there they drink pint of uh, beer and they, 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 they fellowship till it's finished <laughs> one time we were having a camp in England and I, we had a break so we went to where we were staying and uh, it was by a pub and I saw a whole lot of white people gathering. I said, I said, Pastor Richard, what's happening? Has somebody died? Is there an accident? Oh no, it is pub. They are going, they are going after work in their suits. Every, that is their fellowship. They go, they sit there, they order. And you think something has happened. Nothing has happened. That is normal. That's their socialization. That's their social life friendship flowing around being happy they sit and they drink the beer so it's something that we need that is why we, we they do that those who play golf you know i know a, a golf club in ghana uh, most of the people in the golf club don't play golf <laughs> 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 in fact the president of the club and all the executives and none of them plays golf <laughs> yeah they don't play golf at all and so they have allowed the golf course to deteriorate and become 
basically a patch of weeds and it is unfortunate but it is because it is just uh, what do you call it drinkers drinkers who come there they drive their cars they come and sit down they are very bored and they just talk I don't know what they talk about <laughs> one day I was, I was at that golf course and then a man came to talk to me that his, his child was uh, either possessed or a problem <laughs> so as I was talking with the guy he had a call on his mobile phone and as he was talking, he said, Oh, you mean whatever? So he's here right now. He's sitting right in front of me. The gossip so they somebody heard that I was on that I was there. And he was a person was calling him to ask, does he know one bishop who is there in this place? So he's sitting in front of me right now. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Just gossiping, chatting. So we use the church for that. It's true. It's part of our social life. Without it, you find out that you, you, you also need something. You get it? So the reality is that um, it's a club of friends at a point. And if you don't take care, you become very happy with yourselves. And you don't see the need to bring somebody else in. And in fact, new people are a bother. You get it? Because they are coming, you already have your friends. It's me, Sister Lucy, Frida, and Joanne. We flow together. Yeah. And now, this new girl called Chantel has come. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? So, Timothy, who was a pastor, uh, Paul wrote to him and said, Do the work of an evangelist. Are you there? And many times, a pastor must actually think about it or all those who are working in the ministry must think seriously about the fact that we must do the work that an evangelist does which is to actually actively win souls to the Lord and I pray that by the time we finish our short camp you will all be evangelists what do you think? is it an exciting idea? something that you can actually move into Yes, and move forward into, you know, evangelize. Even for me, I would say that uh, this going into the Healing Jesus Crusades, which we started uh, last year, I say last year, yeah, about two years ago or a year ago, has been one of the exhilarating, life giving, and exciting things that I have done. This, it makes me happy I enjoy it And if you come along for a crusade you, you will not even enjoy the church so much As you enjoy the crusade It's nicer Do you see So evangelism Makes life come into, the, into your 
spiritual life and i believe that all of us pastors and i believe most of you here want to be pastors how many here want to be pastors how many don't want to be pastors okay if you don't want to be pastors i don't think you should be here really you should want to be a pastor and if you are not qualified at least you should hope to become a pastor one day what do you think yeah and you can be a pastor if you want to be at least what we call pastor you see <laughs> mercy but uh, it's going to give life to what you are doing it's going to open the door for you to go forward you understand and do the ministry work it gives a lot of life you know and i believe that we must how many people here are, are, are not Ghanaians? you are not from ghana can i see your hand please oh please stand i need to talk to, i need to ask you where you are from where are you from new york jamaica great sierra leone wonderful sierra leone sierra leone minnesota where haiti okay ivory coast okay botswana wonderful cameroon great nigeria haiti gambia <laughs> okay thank you please sit down Who, who didn't I ask? Okay. Huh? Sierra Leone. Okay, great. Where's Monene? Where are you from, Monene? From where? Kenya. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, our evangelism, do you see, must now lead us to cross borders into places and into people that are different from us are you there yeah you know and for you to open and you need to change something needs to change in you to be able to open up to accept others to come well, i tell you it's like a club that's how churches are like a fellowship when you come around as a new person you realize that you don't belong here and nobody wants to be at a place that he feels that he doesn't really belong and you sort of just want to shrink away is that not so it's not easy to be the odd one out it takes a lot to be an odd one out especially for a long time most odd one outs become some way or leave after a while if you are an odd one out yeah Judas was an odd one out. Everybody was from Galilee and he was from another place. I'm sure sometimes when Jesus would say certain things, he, he would think and he said, These Galileans. These Galileans. And, and those of you who are not from Ghana, I'm sure you have, it has occurred to you before. These Ghanaians. Raise your hand if it has occurred to you before. These Galileans. <laughs> Anytime something is said or done that is not so, you are not so happy with, you attribute it to where they are from. <laughs> These Galileans. Forgive. So, and it's the same thing. If you are in a church, a Nigerian pastor with a lot of Nigerians, 
So many things will occur to you. These Nigerians. Yeah. You understand? But I'm I'm believing God that as we 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 decide to do the work of an evangelist, God is going to bring us into a multicultural, multinational, multiracial type of church. Hallelujah. What do you think? Yeah. I have become more comfortable with other nationalities. I realized I realized that I was not like that initially. But now I it's like though it's it, and I can see in myself that something has changed because I feel as comfortable with a South African as with a Ghanaian. Or I feel as comfortable with a Nigerian as with a Ghanaian. I mean if they are pastors or if they are whatever around. But I realize that something has changed. Yeah. So we have different nationalities. They work with us in the office and in Accra. And they they mix with us. But we don't see them as different people. They are very much a part of all that we are doing. So, But it takes... You have to change. Something has to change. And and I hope to knock that thing out of you by the time we close. And I, I remember some years ago in London, I preached at a camp meeting. We called it a double, the mega, double mega missionary church. And at that time, I was trying to teach them to have a missionary mind, to go out to other races and other groups and other peoples and so on. You know, I don't know if it's worked, but at least I preach it. It's a seed. Is, is it working? Do we have a lot of different nationalities in, in the UK coming to church? Yeah. Anyway, and I think there are a lot, a lot in America. America is the arrival base for a lot of uh, refugees, refugees, economic refugees, who are rushing away from their own countries. Are you there? So I believe that God wants us to do the work of an evangelist, and um, if we do the work of the evangelist will be blessed now you don't have to be an evangelist to do the work of an evangelist you understand you don't have to be a nurse to do the work of a nurse and you don't have to be a mother or even a biological mother of somebody to do the work of a mother did you know that you don't have to be a biological father to father somebody you can do the work of a father towards the person and to the person so you don't, you don't have to be called like God has called you and separated you to be an evangelist before you do the work of an evangelist. You can just do the work of it. That's why Paul, Paul didn't say, follow your calling of an evangelist. He said, do the work of an evangelist. So we need to know what the work of the evangelist, which is very simple, which is what? Witnessing to people, bring people to Jesus Christ. If you think I'm going to give you a seven point definition of the work of an evangelist you, Unfortunately I don't have that definition It means to witness, to tell people about Jesus Hallelujah Are you there? Alright And um, turn to Revelation chapter 19 Revelation chapter 19 and um, verse 10 It says, and I fell at his feet to worship him and he said unto me, See thou do it not. 
Are you there? See that do it not. In other words, don't worship me. Alright? For I am thy fellow servant. And I am of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay? Now that, that's what I'm reading. I know you don't understand it, but that's the part I'm reading. I want to read it again. <laughs> He says, and I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said to me, Are you there? See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, amen. amen. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. amen. Now, in the next session, I don't want people to sit so far. I told you. Try not to sit far when you are in church. But uh, listen carefully, are you there? He says, I am of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I am one of the brothers that has the testimony of Jesus. Or who testifies about Jesus. Amen. Amen. So don't worship me. Because I am one of the brothers who testifies about Jesus. Okay. Are you there? Now listen, listen to this. He says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the spirit of the seer. Somebody who can see. Somebody who can see far. Somebody who can hear from God. And somebody who sees beyond what normal people see. And the testimony of Jesus... When, when somebody has the testimony of Jesus He has that spirit The spirit of, of prophecy He can see He can see the future He can see beyond what people see He can hear beyond what people hear And that's why he has the testimony of Jesus Because That is the highest Motivation that will make you Be someone who will testify About Jesus Only something eternal Are you listening to me? Yes So that's why he said Don't worship me I am one of the brothers Who has the testimony Of Jesus And then the testimony of Jesus Is the spirit of prophecy To prophesy To predict To see A seer They were called seers Here The word of the Lord came unto me They saw And I saw And the Lord said They see They hear Those who have that thing They are the people who testify Of Jesus And those who don't have it eh? They have something else Mercy Now Let's go on Chapter 20 And they cast him Into Revelation 20 verse 3 Into the bottomless pit And shut him up And set a seal upon him That he should deceive the nations no more Till the thousand years should be fulfilled After that he must be loosed a little season Pastor Teku Listen The devil's attack on your life How many want to know the devil's attack on your life? Raise your hand please Would you really like to know? Wow I feel a blessing coming Do you really want to know? How he's attacking me and how he's attacking you 
Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. And when you go market from today, when you go home, uh, when you go back, I, I want you to decipher the devil's attack on your life. Uh, and I want you to see it. Because you see, we are fighting a battle where the enemy can see us, we cannot see him. Have you watched that film before? Now you see him, now you don't. Who has watched that film before? Now you see him, now you don't. They invented a can of mosquito spray. When they spray you, you disappear. If they spray here, it goes. They spray here, it goes. Then, so then, so they, they were playing with it in the film. They spray, then you are no more, can, can no more be seen. So you walk around. You get it. And then it wears off and it, you come back gradually. So the whole film was, now you see him, now you don't. And, and that is how it is that it's like the devil has been sprayed with that invisible whatever and he's fighting us, slapping us, we can't see so we must only read and then believe that he's here because you can't see him the way you say that he's there then you, you know what you are doing so without faith you can't win you need a lot of faith to win this battle do you see that's why those who do well and those who are going to do well in heaven and are going to be in the thrones I'm going to talk about are those are those who have faith why? the Bible says for by faith the elders obtain a good report good report is obtained through faith not morality you are are not moral you know you are not moral you understand I don't have to talk about it (laughs) you are not good you know that you are not good there are so many problems with your life is that not so and when you read this book Hebrews 11 those guys there you wouldn't appoint most of them even as a shepherd Noah, those drinking I mean if they can't tell this guy is a problem with drinking would you make him a shepherd you would not even make him a shepherd most of those guys would not suit your church People who sleep with their maids. <laughs> Madras, like Moses, wanted top ten most wanted people in Egypt. For murder. I mean, Rahab, the experience sleeper. So much. And she became very open about it. If you give me this money, I'll sleep with you now. Clear. Most of us do it, but in a hidden way. You know, I sleep with you, and then you tell me nice things. Then I sleep with you, and tell me nice things. She was very clear about it. If you sleep with you, you give me money, and I move it. All these, you wouldn't have made them. They wouldn't make it. But why did they make it? Because they believed. Because the thing is, we are fighting something we can't see. So those who are able to win that particular faith fight, they are the great people, as far as God is concerned. As for your being good and great and moral and this, we should try. But even when you try, you won't make it. None of us can make it. That's why the priest was supposed to pray for himself first, offer a sacrifice for his sins. I, I need forgiveness first. And then you also need forgiveness. Yeah. When you go into the throne room, this the ark of the covenant is there, and there is blood on the seat to make sure that 
that seat does not become a throne of judgment if that blood is not there the, it will become a judgment seat not a mercy seat and what will come from God towards you you will not want to experience it <laughs> are you there anyway so the testimony of Jesus the spirit of prophecy don't forget that and I believe that all of you are receiving the spirit of prophecy in this week as we are here expect to receive because I also want to lay hands on all of you some of you I want to lay hands more than once some of you I want to lay hands three times to receive the spirit of prophecy to, to see to hear to understand to believe because the more you see spiritual things the more you can believe in God yeah I believe it I believe it and let me tell you something when you yourself are not getting visions use somebody's visions as your visions or you don't know what I'm trying to say that's my secret (laughs) if you yourself are not getting the wow wow visions use somebody's visions as your visions So that, that's why I always move around with rejoiners books because he has seen the wild wild visions and has written things. So when I want to see Jesus personally and I'm not seeing him direct, I use somebody. What does a, what does a blind man do? When Stevie Wonder came to my office, when Stevie Wonder came to my office and he was going out, you know, he had to he had to use somebody's eyes. To know the way out. Because he was now underground. My office is underground. So he had to, somebody had to hold his hand like this, like that. And I think he had been held his hand and we were going, you see, and so on. He had to use somebody's eyes. Because he doesn't have eyes. Yeah. Look, who saw Jesus rising from the dead? Peter? No. James? No. John? No. No. Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. Yeah. She's the one. <laughs> so you have to you have to believe her. But Jesus did not appear to everybody, he appeared to this person, and then we all have to believe what she says. Yeah. <laughs> She's the one who saw the thing, and the rest of us, for some reason, were not asked or chosen to see. So we have to believe what she says. And, and, and walk by it. This is you stand by this vision. Me, that's a, I have my book that I'm, I'm reading now. I have this uh, book. Uh, I believe in visions, and I've read it years and years ago. So I just I was just praying and looking, and then I saw it. These days I go by that. The Lord wants me to read this book, so I took it, and I was reading. But there was a particular chapter that I felt that I should read. The one where a hospital visitor came, you know. And then he said he had fallen down, broken his arm, and he was now in hospital. And as he was going, he heard an audible voice in the car. And the Lord said, you have broken your arm, this, this, is bad. this is the work of the Lord. I will talk to you about it later. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's a, the spirit of prophecy, to hear and to see. Take it one, two, three, four. Okay. So, he was sitting in his he was sitting in, he said it was too early for visiting time. 
So he was sitting on his bed waiting, and he had gotten up from his room, gone to the lobby, come back, and he was just sitting there feeling lonely. He said he was feeling lonely and sorry for himself, he was feeling lonely. So as he was sitting there, he heard somebody walking. And he saw the person, and the person was wearing white, so he thought it was one of the nurses. The person opened the door, came in. And then when he looked properly, he realized that it was Jesus. He said that his hair almost stood up. He was so frightened. And Jesus pulled one of the chairs and sat down. <laughs> the spirit of prophecy is being released here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying that if you haven't seen it, use somebody's eyes. Somebody who has seen it to speak to you. Yeah. So, the Lord said, I have come to tell you about, I have come to discuss with you what happened. And so on. And then, the Lord started to tell him, whatever. Then the Lord said to him, listen. This I mentioned, you have to, you see, you can see. You can't hear. You get what I'm saying? So take it as a direct something for you. This is the part that I missed the first time. He said, the Lord said, instead of being angry with me, this was, these are the words, instead of being angry with me for allowing the devil to do this, because it's not the work of God, it's the work of the devil. He said, instead of being angry with me, if you like, go and read it. Instead of being angry with me for allowing the devil, you should be thankful that I have allowed this to happen to arrest your attention. That's not the end. Wait. So all of you, you see, instead of being angry, you see your accident, instead of being angry with the Lord, you listen. Then he said, if I had not allowed this to happen, you would not have lived beyond the age of 55. He said, I've talked to you several times about it. You are not listening to me. So, I have allowed this thing to happen. And if I had not allowed this to happen, you would not have, you would not have arrested your attention. You would never have lived beyond the age of 55. You would have died much early. Instead of being angry with me. See, so you take it as a word for yourself. Instead of being angry. Because there are many times you can be angry with God. How many have been angry with God before? Hey! You look at God and say, God, me, I am serving you, I am following you, I am giving offerings, tithes. Eh? You won't give me a child. This girl, she's not married. She has gone suddenly, she has twins. She's not even married. And me, that I'm married faithfully, nothing. I have served you for years, and you know you can do it. So, yeah. <laughs> he said, I've spoken to you several times about this. So, you think about it. Quietly in your heart, I've told you things. You don't listen. You don't listen. So, now I've allowed this thing to happen. And it was intended to arrest your attention. So when Kodio sent me a text that he had had an accident, I sent him a message that NDEs always have a meaning. Do you know NDE? Near death experience. It always has a meaning and a message. Don't let it just go. Any of these bad things that seem to happen and things you pray about that don't go away. Brother, things that don't get solved. It's a message. Because God has power. 
when he has no sent his power to remove the thing let the message of the because the thing right may go when you've got the message but you don't also get the message still the god who called you and you say you won't preach eh? he can send a will to come and swallow you from the from the water and when he releases you from the whale and you are you are out there and you go to the land and he, you go and sit under a tree and he makes a tree grow he can also send a worm to eat the tree like he sent the worm to come and eat donut's tree the tree that he has given to cover you he can also release a worm to go and eat it i tell you so you better because you can't mess, get the message from the will you need a web also to come because <laughs> sometimes the whale swallow you cry you still can't you can't receive the message <laughs> hallelujah anyway so if you are not seen you be like me you get it use somebody's eyes to see things that's why I, why I don't read a book once I read it many times I pray before I read I believe there's a blessing coming to me oh yeah there are some of you if you were to take only just one of my books and say Lord I know that you are going to change my life with this book you have read it you have read it three times you have read it even once you will be surprised how God will speak to you you will just move into realms yeah so it's wonderful anyway I don't know how we got into all that, but it was all part of the blessing. I was telling you, I was going to show you how the devil is going to attack you. Yeah. Do you really want to know that? Because what I'm about to say is so precious that I don't know whether you are worthy to hear such a precious thing. <laughs> if, he's, if he's going to attack you. Okay, it's right there. Look at it and see. It says... He cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. That's all. When the devil is going to attack you, he's just going to deceive you. So all the attacks we are experiencing now in our lives are attacks of being deceived about things. That's the main attack. And when the devil is bound, the main thing is that he cannot deceive the nations anymore. He cannot fool them. So as I am here, right, I have a set of delusions that affect me and I am battling with. And sometimes I am deluded but I am not even aware that I am experiencing a delusion and that I actually believe something that is not true. And everybody, we call it CSD, current state delusions. Delusions for your current state. Every state has a set of delusions. And that's Satan's attack against you. For those of us who are alive on this earth, we are so deluded that we'll be here forever. We, we try to bring heaven to earth, but it, it doesn't work. Our marriage dream is, I'm going to marry the most beautiful girl in the world. We shall, I'll kiss her, we'll, we'll live happily ever after. I'll say I love you, she'll say I also love you, and she'll smile, and then this and that. It is, it is not real. But that, that happiness, that euphoria, do you see, it's, it's a delusion that we, 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 we have. You get it? 
It's a CSD. Current state delusions. We try to build big houses for our retirement. You know, where we will live and we will sit and we'll be, we'll have a veranda. Like if you come to Ghana, most houses have a big veranda upstairs and, and they don't sit on it but it's, it's a delusion that one day I'll sit I'll, I'll be there and I'll retire I'll look around and be drinking juice and tea it's a delusion for us for earth, people on earth it's sent to make you work for something that will never be real even if my, my mother is retired retirement is one of the very difficult things to do especially if you are well i mean pray that you never have to retire better join me in the ministry because the ministry we don't retire <laughs> but the work that you are one day they'll say hey you are too old <laughs> out <laughs> there's a younger guy with 29 years old full of new ideas computerized thinking yeah he's coming to replace your old ways there's a retirement package Return to where you came from. <laughs> Forgive. Yeah? Are you there? Rich people have a delusion that their money will solve everything. Isn't it? And they, they are attacked with that delusion. Then they hold on to the money, get more, never give, do this, and live a certain way. And they carry on until. I got you. It's like that. Every, a pastor has delusions. My pastor, if I'm a pastor, I think that the more people there are, the greater I am in the sight of God. If people say I'm blessed by your message, it means you are doing well. They are not, all these are not true. All these are not true. All these are not true. <laughs> that is so easy to believe. The bigger it is, the more successful and real and good. It is. The smaller it is, it is not really from God. Remember when I was preaching yesterday that the seed is the kingdom of God, is a seed kingdom. So if the devil is going to attack, and he has attacked you, if you think he's left you, you are the one who sleeps. He doesn't sleep. He's attacked you, and there are things you believe now that are wrong and that are affecting you. Yeah. That's Satan's war against you. It's made you believe. Everybody have, including myself. And so we are constantly fighting. Even recently I had a meeting with some of my people that we work with. And at the end of the meeting I said, everybody should kneel down one at a time and confess your weaknesses and your sins. You see? (laughs) Yeah. And then if you say, and I said we are only allowed to confess three problems that you have you can't have more you can't have more than three so everybody came one at a time so the formula was that when you kneel down because i believe i believe the greatest thing in this life or for god is to be humble that's the greatest thing you know that we are all looking for you know so when we kneel down see i have a problem with lust <laughs> it's not easy to say that then what happens that everybody around is supposed to say yes it is true you have a problem with lust then <laughs> we all get up 
and then we lay hands on the person and like a dog or a goat and pray for the person. It was not an easy meeting, I tell you. <laughs> but yeah, because Jesus watched his disciples with there were acts of humility. Intended to try to teach humility in a practical way and let us really see that we are nothing. So one of the people came to confess her sins. And you know the sin? She said, I feel that I am good. And that is one of the most deadly and dangerous because you haven't committed fornication before. You haven't done any particular bad thing that you know of before. The big sex smoking will don't smoke. You have not drunk before. You, you, you are a normal married person. You haven't killed somebody before. You are a pastor in the church. Your church is growing. People are being blessed. I mean, you are full time working for God. So what? And she said, I, I, my, I, my problem is I feel that I'm good. You see, and as she said it, then we, then we all said, yes, it's true. You feel that you are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's true. You feel that you are good. And, and that is a problem with people who have not done any of the, a particular set of sins. It's, it's a problem that we have to become aware that you are also bad. You are full of pride, you are full of wickedness, you are full of love. I mean, you are full of so many, like the guy who went to the temple and said, Lord, I, uh, I fast three times a week, I pay tithes, I do this, I do that. I'm in the church, I'm, in the sh- I'm a shepherd, I'm this, I'm that. It's so easy for those things to feed you with pride. It's a delusion of a good person. Yeah. And it's an attack of Satan against a successful pastor. It's an attack. Be that an attack. It's like, oh, you have done well. You are good. This. You are working. You are working for God. It's this. It's one of the days. It's not true. It is not true. What is working is the grace. The things that have worked are God's grace. The things that are successful are God's mercy. And God's, that's the truth. But it's easy for people to feed you with untruths until you believe that, oh, when I compare myself with others, I realize that God has used me. And the reason why God has used me are these principles that I have been following. You see, the principles of achievement, the principles of success, the principles of, 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 of good attitude, the steps to this. So sometimes God sends things to people like Paul to humble you. You get it? Yes, said therefore was sent to be a messenger of Satan. And sometimes that messenger of Satan is your own husband or wife. <laughs> yeah. To buffet you. He said, there was, there was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Oh, look. It is it is you see often that's why when you see somebody who is not married there are certain humilities the person has never experienced or understood i will say it again i said there are certain humilities (laughs) because it is 
when you marry, your spouse will show you that you are not perfect. It won't belong. It won't belong. You will discover that you are some way. That is the reality. And that is part of God's grace to buffet you. Because other than that, the whole world looks at you and says, you are perfect. Oh, you are an ideal wife, an ideal husband, I mean ideal family, ideal church man, virtuous woman, I mean serving the Lord. Come on now. It is your husband or your wife who knows that. There is a left leg in addition to the right leg. <laughs> to perfect me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And that is why Paul, recognizing, especially as he graduated to the end of his ministry, that these things were actually humbling me. In fact, in Rejoiner's book, he said that if the Lord told him, if Paul had not seen things that way by the end of his life, he would also have been at the lowest ranks in heaven. Yeah, I've, I've never seen that. It was a few days ago. I said that if Paul had also not begun to see himself as he really was, that a sinner, eh, he would have been. In, he would say he would also have been here at the lowest ranks of heaven. But because of how he 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 he, he even saw himself, God said it was his last letter. One of his guys said that I am chief of sinners. It was not just some poetic language. It was the true feeling that he had. And John Wesley, when he was there, he said, I don't know if you know whether I'm a Christian. <laughs> I don't even know whether I'm even a, a, a Christian. I mean, and it is true. The more mature you become, the less confidence you have in yourself. You know, I mean, truly mature and humble. But the less ma- mature you are, you know, so look, we've got four principles for evangelism. Three steps to church growth. We are doing one, two, three, four. This, this, that. When we follow it to work. You know, uh, it is not like that. Are you there? Yeah? So, these are things that Satan said to deceive you. When you are an apostle and God is using you all over. It's just His grace. His grace. Think about me. I've never intended to start a church till I started it. Never intended to start branches till we started it. Everything we do, we are not sure of what we are doing. I always tell people, me, I don't know what I'm doing. You see, and people think I'm joking. I say, me, because the things that are working, I have not planned them. And I have very short sight as to what to do. Just here, then I try to follow. Yeah. So it's just a grace. So when I get up one day, I say, oh, the Lord spoke to me the other day and said to me, Son, I have called you to the nations. I've sent you to. <laughs> so, look at somebody. <laughs> I wish. I wish, I really wish to see Jesus. I'm always praying about it. And people who love me pray for me to see Jesus. Because it's what I want. But until I'll be using people's eyes. And I'll read the same thing hundred times. I'll get something from it. Yeah. And it's helping me. And I always remember, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene and not to Peter. So Peter will have to listen to Mary Magdalene. Listen to her. Listen to her. She's the one who saw Jesus. You can't have it yourself. (laughs) What do you think? Huh? Yeah. So, all of you, there is a deception that is 
currently cause Satan's attack. And if Satan is bound now, you won't believe that thing anymore. But it's not bound, so you are still believing. One day, a, a, a sister, pastor, she wrote to me, she said, Bishop, she was praying in, 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 in some, she was praying somewhere, and she was listening to some tapes, and then she began to see certain things. She said, hey, Bishop, it seems that you saw certain things long ago. <laughs> it seems that you saw certain things long ago. <laughs> yeah. It's not that I can see, but it's the grace. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, that things that you can't see, believe God to see. Bind the devil, deceptions and lies in your life. Because God is going to open your eyes to see. That's why we are here. Hallelujah. We are not here to get new steps and principles. We are here to see. And to have the spirit of prophecy. Which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. It is those who have the spirit of prophecy who have, who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you there? Alright. So he bound the devil that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years should be fulfilled. Amen. Verse 4. And I saw the thrones. Amen. Are you there? I saw the thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given to them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Which have not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Amen. Amen. Now who are those? What did he see? This is the same vision that rejoined I saw. He said, I saw thrones and they that sat upon them. Rejoiner said he saw a throne and thrones. They said there were small thrones in the throne. So the whole throne was there and there were thrones in the throne. And that's what he saw. So I saw thrones. And he saw the people that were in the thrones. And one of, they said the largest group in the thrones were women. You see, this one doesn't tell us. Faithful, praying women. Yeah. That's why I said all of you, you are all going to be ministers. Yeah. Especially the ladies. Amen. I said, especially the ladies. Thank you for your sandwiches. Thank you for your coffee that you make. Thank you for your tea. But it's time to preach now because you are headed for thrones. Thank you for all the rice and stew that you make. But now it's time to preach. Yeah, it's time to see. It's time to be Mary Magdalene's in the church. And come and tell Peter what you have seen. And he has to believe it. Hallelujah. Are you listening? Yeah. If you are a woman and you are here, you don't have to. I mean, I want to give you the next three years. I mean, five years the maximum. You should, be, you should be a very strong preacher. Amen. Very, very strong preacher. Amen. A minister. Amen. Very solid. Ministering. Not just with the title Lady Pastor, but I mean really so that I, it wouldn't be like I have made a mistake to appoint you as a pastor, but actually you are not. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. I want you to have that mind and that heart. I saw the thrones. He said, and I saw thrones. You read Rejoiner's book, the last, the end of the final, uh, the end of the white throne chapter. He said, and I saw thrones. And then that sat on them, but he didn't tell us. The other people he saw were missionaries. And then a lot of people who lived their lives in obscurity. And then he said he even saw some rulers and rich people also who had been faithful. 
with what they were given by the Lord. Yeah. But the largest group were faithful. FPW. I want to, I want to change, write it. I'm making a book about I want to change the name to Faithful Praying Women. So those are the type of women that were. Women who pray, not just talking. Yeah, not just talking, not just preaching, but praying. Because prayer makes a lot of difference. God wants you to pray. We need to pray more, don't we? Yeah. That's our main problem, prayer. Not easy to pray. Forgive. I saw thrones and they sat on them. And judgment was given to them. Now what did he say? I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. These are the people that are going there. And they they lost their lives trying to witness for Jesus. Is it a great thing? I said, is it a great thing? The witness of Jesus. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And for the word of God. They lost their lives for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. How many are going to do that? But you see, the next part is the part you've got to listen to carefully. And which had not worshipped the beast. Yeah. Neither his image, neither had they received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Hallelujah. Think about it. The mark of the beast is what? It's an economic mark for buying and selling. Yeah. I will say it again. The mark of the beast is an economic mark. It marks people who live and die for money. Yeah. Because that is the main challenger to God in your life. And it is not surprising that the beast's mark has to do with your financial survival. Are you there? So brothers and sisters, try not to take that mark. You, your life must not be marked with economic decisions. Financial decisions. Money getting things. That your, your life must not be... Everything about your life is money, economics, things like that. No. That's not a good life. It is a mark. Of course, it is not a real mark of the beast, but it is a kind of mark. And it is not a surprise that the mark of the beast is an economic and financial mark. When your life is observed from heaven, is it marked with that mark? Yeah. And when I send missionaries and I send people, you know, and the people are doing the work, there are their decisions marked with economics. For most of those in the, in the mission field, not all, but m- many of them, you, you, you can never think of, you are not going to earn money. It cannot be. Where is Paul? Stand up from London. He's a lawyer. He doesn't work as a cleaner. Have you worked as a cleaner in London before? No. He's a lawyer. He has a firm. He works for himself. He goes to court. He's not, a, he's not a sales assistant in a shop. He's not a manager of McDonald's. He's a, he's a lawyer. But he's leaving it to go. He cannot be doing it for economic reasons. It's not a good economic decision. It's a very bad economic decision. <laughs> Sit down. My pastor that I'm sending to Burkina Faso. You see, Burkina Faso is a desert. And the temperature there is about 42 degrees. Which is higher than your, in, your body temperature. And it's a desert. Now the pastor I'm sending there is an engineer. Who has a good job. 
working, happy married, his wife even lives in the UK, go to Burkina Faso. It's not an economic decision. I would not advise him to take that decision economically. It's against economic sense. Yeah. I'm just trying to show you that don't let your life be tainted with economics. Your decisions here, put God first and choose God first. And you will see that you rather do well economically. Well, my decision to be in the ministry, which was not an economic decision. Is it an economic decision to stay in Ghana? When I was coming, the guy at immigration was asking. I said, I told him at a point that I was a doctor because that thing that we put your finger on and you put your eye. I told him that this thing you are. I told him he's, you are. I told you. I said you are spreading infection in the world. This thing that we put here. So. <laughs> He said, I am spreading infection. I said, yeah, the system you have set up is spreading diseases and infection. We all come and put our finger on this thing. You know, everybody puts his finger there. The whole world is putting a finger there. So if there's viruses and so on, we are spreading it all over the place. You know, what, what am, I, why am I telling you this? Yeah, then he said to me, he said to me, uh, I said that I, I was a doctor. That's why I was telling him that. He said, you are a doctor? I said, where, where, where are you a doctor? I said, I'm in Ghana, I'm a doctor every, everywhere. He said, and he said, he said, you can't be, you cannot be a doctor in America. I said, can you pass the boards? Can you pass the boards? You can't pass the boards. I said, no boards. I said, most of my classmates are in America working. I cannot not pass the boards. Pass the boards. This one of my roommates is in here. Pass the boards. Why can't I pass the boards? <laughs> But my decision to be a pastor of a few nursing students and laboratory test students was not marked by economics. Yeah. But I'm blessed financially also. I'm not a poor person. If you give me $100 or $50, it wouldn't make much difference to my life. Yeah. I cannot lie to you. It wouldn't make much difference. Even if you give me $1,000, I may not even notice it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that those who don't look for it they get it and those who die for it and sweat for it apart from that even the quality of life to be able to do what you really want to do peace the man is saying here peace he's from Amsterdam he's now in Guyana one of the poorest countries in the whole world you have peace there very much Thank you, Master Missionary from Holland. And the decision is not marked by economy. I'm telling you something important to remember. Here, this is not a, I'm not here to entertain you. God is trying to tell you something. He's trying to bless you and help you in your life. So that He will take you to a higher level. God has no intention of stripping you of your clothes or stripping you of everything that you can eat or all that you have. I mean, God is not a bad God. He's trying to minister to your heart and trying to minister to your soul. I'm telling you, he's trying to help you. I, I, where is pain? It's not coming. Yeah. When I see these two people, they came out into the, into the world on the same day. Pain and Kakra. They are twins. I just look at the two lives and I say, wow. It is not easy to 
Because if you say, where does one live? One lives in Ayedwasi, in Kumasi. Some place somewhere in Kumasi. And another one lives in San Francisco. Martin Luther Boulevard. Yeah. It sounds so great. California. Sounds so wonderful. Fifth largest economy in the world. But to me, you cannot compare the two lives. One is like a king. And one is like a prisoner. That's why he cannot be here today. And he cannot do so many things. Life is going on. You don't even know how long you will live. Yeah. As you keep on and on and on and on. It's like, a, it's like a rat race of something that has been placed before you. And you keep going until you find yourself so entangled. And your life is so limited. Till it's all gone. The whole life is over. I mean, look at Major Mepho sitting here. And his daughter was sitting. So I was t- sitting there. So, oh, I, who is this uh, lady who is singing in the choir? I was, just, I was just about to, just about to bend over and ask. I always like to sit by the pastor. When I go to a church, the pastor must sit by me, always. So I always ask, who, are this, who is this, who is this, who is this, to know. And then he said, that is Major's daughter. I was at the hospital when she was born. I came there. <laughs> It's finishing. Our life is finishing right before our eyes. You don't have to wait to look at anything. I dedicated it as a little, tiny, little something. <laughs> and it goes by and by and by and by and by and by. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm saying this not... You see, what I'm saying is it concerns many of you for a decision and decision that you are going to take in your life. Don't let it be painted with economics. Paint it with the love of God. Put God first. I can't lie to you. I cannot. That's why I don't feel sorry for all the missionaries and people going to Jamaica, going to Togo. I don't feel sorry. For, in fact, and if you visit them, like Pastor Eddie, he drove to Burkina Faso this Christmas. He said he passed so many of the missionaries. Some in Ewa, some in Navrongo, different places on the way. Uh, different. These are graduates, doctors I mean, whatever He said, they are so happy He said that it, it, And it is, it is really true There's, there's such good morale You know, and enthusiasm and happiness With these people that we are even surprised But I thank God for it I thank God for it Hallelujah Amen So, don't paint your decision Then when you went to come stand up, when you went to North Carolina, you were settled here, is that not so? And you move, isn't it? One of these camps moved you. So the camp must be able to move you. What do you think? Yeah. Every camp has supposed to move you closer and closer to something. Something better. Take it one. Take it two. Take it three. Take it four. Yeah. And God is only taking you to a better place. I said, he's only taking you to a better place. Amen. Think about God. Does God want to destroy you? Think about it. Does he want to destroy you? Does he want to demote you? Does he want to kill you? He wants to bless you and lift you up. He wants to honor you. He wants to help you. He wants to love you. He wants you to also love him. And he wants your heart to be with him. What do you think? This is all that God is after. So some of the things, they are like tricks. 
But it's like God is just weaving you, taking you through, trying to get your heart to be with Him. Would you like to marry somebody whose heart is not with you? (laughs) I saw a film once. The lady got married to a man. And the man that she actually wanted to marry was also at the reception. So as they were dancing, as they were dancing, as they were dancing like that, he was, he was looking, she was looking across there. At the person she really wanted to marry. Then she would come back. Oh, she was going around. Is it nice? Is it nice? Is it nice? It's not a nice thing. You are holding the Lord and you are dancing the Lord, but you are looking. You are looking. (laughs) Something else that has your heart. I really want somebody else, not really the one that I have. That's what God, that's why He's the filter, the semi permeable membrane to His real blessings. It is quite thick. You pass through uh, before we we'll see whether you, your heart is really with God. Amen. Amen. So I believe that as lay pastors, now don't think I'm trying to make you into missionaries. Although I think there should be some missionaries from here too. And if every time I mention this missionary thing, it disturbs you, probably you are called to be a missionary. <laughs> and and it, it, it is, it's something that disturbs you. <laughs> That's why that particular place. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are you there? Yes. Yeah. You must you must be free. Anything you are doing, whether it's a lay pastor, preacher, evangelist, you can't do it well if your heart is not correct. Can you imagine if my heart was on something else? I'd be a very wild person. Eesh. You don't want to experience it. <laughs> My real heart was, I'm doing something, and all that I'm saying are just tricks. <laughs> I'm very wild, though. It's like I'm able to really act and pretend and lie. I'm a very terrible monster. Think about it. And so, all of God's word to you is to arrest you and get your heart. As for being here, we are physically about whether our hearts are really here. Or whether we are here for other reasons. That's why there is only God who knows. Yeah. And so sometimes that is why Siniazos come to drive us to the real place. That we be. And I want to say something. Look, there are a lot of Siniazos in America. That's one of the reasons why a lot of, a lot of you are even here and are even humble enough to listen to me preach. It's because of certain things you've experienced. Oh yeah, I will not lie to you. If you have not experienced certain things, you may... And when I come around, say, look, these pastors, these guys, you know, just come around. They are just looking for money. They just come around. You will be talking also about certain things that have cooled you down. So you must receive the sinyazos and get the message like uh, Kenneth Higgins, uh, what do you call it, said. He said that you should, instead of... The word, instead of being angry... I was surprised that Jesus would actually say something like that. Instead of being angry with me, you should be grateful that I have allowed this thing to happen, to arrest your attention. And if I had not done it, you would not have lived beyond the age of 55. 
Mercy. Olga, what do you think? Has the message affect you? I think I've given you enough for the whole camp, isn't it? Huh? You want points? Notes. <laughs> Stories. <laughs> Are you there? What do you think? It's powerful. May God minister to you. Put your hand on your heart. May God minister to your heart. Amen. May he, may he, may he get your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would you like to work with somebody whose heart is not with you? One day I went to a, a hotel. And the owner of the hotel was standing for elections. <laughs> <laughs> And his right hand man was the the manager of the hotel. So I asked, Who will you vote for? I I don't even know why we asked. Who will you vote for? And I was shocked to find out that this yes, he was not going to vote for his boss's party. He said he would vote for his boss, but not his boss's party. And I was, I was surprised. I said, hey, this man. But he was from a... And so, my wife just asked a question. She said she doesn't know why she asked. She just asked him. Uh, where do you come from? The, then she found out, oh, he comes from somewhere. Said, and that somewhere, the loyalty to that place. Yay! The loyalty to that thing was higher than his loyalty to his boss. I was very, he's the topmost right hand man to the guy. Yeah. He had another loyalty. Think about it. You are working with the Lord, very close to the Lord. And your, your heart is somewhere. And he has trusted you with his children, his sheep, his money. God's kingdom has been put into you. And your heart is on something else. You just use the sheep for whatever you want to, to do and say. And use his money for whatever you want to. Hey, have you wondered why God has not raised you up to be in charge of certain things? That's why he's campaigning so hard for your heart. That no matter what you are doing, where you are, you know, and do you know something we are going to do here too? We are all going to do our sacrifice theoretically. Whatever is too valuable for you, eh, we are going to sacrifice it here. You put it in your mind. Lord, if you say this, I will do it. I mean, anything that you think of what you will not do. And that is the thing that I want you to put in theory because in your heart there shouldn't be anything between you and God yeah <laughs> anything Kojo, that you wouldn't do See, and there are things if I told you do this you wouldn't do it Let's not, that's why I don't say do I, because I have also you see, I have learned certain things don't ask for things you won't get 
Even Jesus didn't pray for things he wouldn't get. He prayed for, like when he saw a lot of people sick, he prayed for one person and he left. He ran away from because he knew that people when he prayed for that they will not be healed. He left everybody, he prayed for one person and dashed. So even me, I, I as a pastor or an overseer, I don't tell people to do things that they won't do. I try always to know what they will do. Then I ask them to do what they will do. Yeah. That's why I may not preach to you, go all out. But I know you won't go all out. <laughs> but why shouldn't I be able to preach to you all out? Yeah. No, the reason why I wouldn't preach it is because if I preach, you wouldn't do it. Then it becomes a kind of, we are coming to like Bible school seminar, going through the point. Do you see? If I tell you, come, will you come? No. Ama, Ama is in Ghana. Steve, uh, his wife, he has to make himself busy taking pictures. <laughs> 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 but last year I said to her, Come to Ghana. Will you come? Come. But I would never have asked her if I knew she wouldn't come. I knew she wanted to come. I knew she would come. So I said, Come. And she came. And she's happy. Do you see? But if I tell you to come, a greater than God. <laughs> Something greater than God will keep you here. What is that thing that is greater than God? It should not exist. It should not exist. And that's what I'm saying that at this meeting, eh, let us theoretically do it. And say, do you understand? Come to the person, Lord, if you say this, I will do it. Most of the time, he doesn't even require. But although sometimes when you say he does, say, okay, then come. <laughs> okay, you say, okay, then come. Isn't it? What is greater than God? 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 In your life, what is greater than God? That thing is an idol. It must be cut off. It's, high, it's a high place. It must be cut off. What is greater than God? What is greater than God to you? Is it your marriage? So valuable to you. If God sends a missile to your marriage now. Scrambles your life. You see, your life are like eggs. That can be scrambled. You see, you, you, if you like, put four eggs into a bowl. Don't break the yolk. And look at them. Then put a fork and just do the whole life the whole thing will just scrambled God can scramble your life suddenly you see that everything will change and maybe you don't know what is greater than God brother it is too big if it is bigger than God it must be cut down I'm telling you it is too big it is bigger than almighty God God has no power as father. So God is more. God who made you, who can kill you, can make you alive, can make you well, can make you sick, can make you anything. He is small to you and this thing is big. Then let it be your God. Then let it be your God from today. 
if it is your job, then let your job be your God. Let your job heal you. Let your job give you long life. Let your job bless you. Let your job make you happy. Let your job give you whatever, if it is your job. Yeah. You are left to your job. Pray to your job now, from today. When you are praying, pray, dear job, I come to you in the name of, of, of the job. And I pray, oh job, bless me, oh job. Pray to your job from today. Call on your job to help you in your marriage. Call your job to give you a child. Call your job to heal your child. Call your job to bless your life. Call your job to lengthen your life. Call your job. Pray to your job. Three hours a day. Don't forget. Three hours for a pastor of a job. You need to pray for three hours to the job. (laughs) Mercy. God does not like... You see what I'm saying, Christ? It hurts me as I'm saying, but I'm saying it. Because I feel that I'm coming against idols. And big things that are so precious. Why is this so precious to you? What have you found that you like more than God? What when he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. Which soul and which might and which strength should you have left to love something else? What have you found that is so nice? And what have you found that is so precious? Even pastors in the ministry, we get to a place, the ministry that God has given us, He requires us to also put it down. It's amazing. I have experienced that. Now I don't pastor the cathedral anymore. Yeah. I am a healing evangelist and an apostle to the churches. That's all. I don't, I, I don't preach in the church on Sunday in the morning anymore. I go around the small, small churches everywhere, pram, pram, pong, as a man can say, anywhere, Sunday, in the morning, I find one of the branches and go and preach and encourage them. And I preach in the evening. Yeah. But it, is, it was not easy for me because I also love the church and I also like to be loved. You see, a pastor, you are loved by your people. And you can feel the love and they depend on you. They like you. They... So it's like, now no, I don't have any church. Yeah. The last time it was my birthday, I had about five cards from, five birthday cards from the church. Yeah. Because they, they don't, they, 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 I don't know, they don't know me. I don't, and there's no church. Every church has its pastor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> when you enter the promised land and God blesses you with what He promised, He will bless you. Then He says, And when thou hast eaten and art full, and you are blessed, thou shalt remember not to forget the Lord thy God. Because as soon as you gain the promise, you can lose God. And that's what has happened to many of us. The dream has come to pass, and then. God. So promises when they are fulfilled can easily lead to you losing the God who put you there. And that is why sometimes when you get there, then he asks you again the gold that I gave you when you were leaving the Egyptians. Remember the gold? I asked you to go and collect from there. I need it. I need it in Exodus 25. I asked you to go for it in chapter 12. Now I need it in chapter 25. <laughs> and then when that one too, you are struggling with him over it. Then the problems are becoming more. Wow. Are you there? Yes. Yeah. 
It's hurting, you see. When God fulfills his promise and his blessing in your life, whether you are a pastor, then you can say, okay, now leave it. Leave it. Is that what you love or is me you love? Leave it. I have to leave my church and be a, 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 a protoplasm that is moving around without a base. When you go around preaching evangelism, I mean, I enjoy it, but nobody knows you there. Yeah. Encourage them church. So God, he has his way. And for all of us to do what we have, like one time I had a meeting with Reverend Saki and we're talking about how to even change roles for him to be the pastor of the church, which is actually what God has actually given him the grace for. He's the real pastor now. And he really, I mean, he, when he's sitting there, he's thinking of the members. He's this person, this, 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 this. And me too, I don't think about them. I'm thinking about the churches. <laughs> I'm thinking about the churches, the pastors, this, that, that, oh. <laughs> uh, it's not easy to keep following God because everything easily becomes an idol to you. Yeah. Probably, for many of you, it's God who brought you here. God wants you to have the job that you have. But He doesn't want you to like this job more than you like Him. And He wants you to be able to put it down. And He may easily ask you to put it down. Yeah. He's the one who blessed you. He's the one who has brought you where you are. Yeah. But he doesn't want you to like it. Because I'm blessed to be a pastor. I'm blessed in my church. You see, but he may say, I don't, I don't like you to be here again. Now you won't go, you won't do. Hey. So theoretically, eh? but in reality, Susan, you are going to put it down. Some of you, it's your husband. You like him too much. That's why you quarrel with him all the time. It's love. You don't know how to express love. So you express your love too quiet. <laughs> it's true. Some people don't know how to express love. So they quarrel. Let's fight or accuse the person or whatever. That's the way they love. I love you by accusing you. The spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophet, the spirit of seeing far, seeing eternity, seeing the future, hearing God here is the testimony of Jesus. Yeah. And it's those who have that spirit who testify. And those who have not taken the economic mark, it has not painted everything they do. Really, I do get it. It has not painted your life. All your decisions based on economics, convenience. Huh? Dollars and cents. That's based on God. I love you, God. I love you so much, Jesus. I, I like you, Father. I want you. you are, I prefer you. I prefer you and I choose you. And I like you. And I prefer to have you. And I want you. I want you. Hallelujah. Do you understand? I like you. And I want you. And I choose you. And you are still precious. Even after being blessed, you are still precious to me. And I prefer you to all the precious things. They are nothing compared to you. As the spirit of prophecy, Jesus is the focus. And he never comes diminishes. No matter how many things become great and are blessed around you, 
Christ is the greatest. He still has the clothes. When you were SU in the school without anything, only one tin of milk and not, not much money or anything, just bread. I mean, nothing. And Jesus was everything to you. Mm. Now that you have what you could never imagine you would ever have. Jesus is still Jesus and is everything. And you will do anything and go anywhere. But know that you are too blessed to be sent, to be used, to work. No. May you have the spirit of prophecy, a testimony of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. All right. Lift your hands and just call on God. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Yesterday's gone. Today I'm in me. Holy Ghost. on everything that you do. Shake it off. All your steps and all your decisions. Thank you.
your name
for your word. Father, we pray for grace to pull down every high thing, everything that is lifted up in our lives, everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, every economic idol and image and mark that is on our life and on our decisions and on our whole future. Remove it, O God. We pray for grace. For even it is by grace that we can ever remove those things. We want to have only you as our God. We thank you for your great blessing. We thank you for your blessing that cannot become a curse, O God. That shall not turn into an evil thing before our very eyes. We thank you, O God. We love you. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise your name. Lord, we praise your name. Lord, we praise your name. We praise your name. 